Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, let's move on to running back. Chris McCaffrey at number one. Uh, Derrick Henry at number two against Houston. Derrick Henry's last, like, several games against Houston have just been crazy. He's just been running all <laughs> over them. So, like, yeah. if I had Derrick Henry, I'd be very excited <laughs> this week. Yeah. Um, and Josh Jacobs at number three in Pittsburgh. Um, so are you? do you not like Josh Jacobs as much this week? I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm not a humongous fan of Josh Jacobs this week. Maybe I see we have him at three, but just looking at the guys beneath him, Austin Eckler and Tony Pollard. Austin Eckler has a fantastic matchup. And the top of the running back ranks are kind of loaded with good matchups. But this is a Colts team that's allowing the most fantasy points running backs over the last four weeks and the fifth most on the year. I like him as... Um, one of the top guys this week, the matchup makes him a top three option, which I would move Josh Jacobs out of. But the thing about Josh Jacobs is over the past four weeks, over the season, the Steelers have been allowing um, pretty many points to the running back position. But over the last four weeks, they've been allowing the fourth least to fantasy running backs this week. So um, per week. So I think that Josh Jacobs, after a game where, you know, they leaned on the pass game a little bit, you know, Darren Waller's back. I know the weather might be a little bit of a factor, but you have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, these guys, Derek Carr has been playing pretty well. Um, they're going to give Josh Jacobs his touches, but I'm not sure against this defense right now. It seems like they've been coming on as as of late in the running game. I'm tempering expectations with him a little bit because they ran him into the ground a couple weeks ago, and they might take it easy on him in the cold. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. If it is cold, you know, they might use him a little bit more, but I, I think I want to just temper expectations a little bit. Like Austin Eckler, I think, is a clear pick over Josh Jacobs this week, and maybe even Tony Pollard. I have Josh Jacobs as my RB7 in my rankings right now, but that might be a little bit drastic. Yeah, you know, Pittsburgh is going to be really, really cold uh, yeah. in this game. So, you know, keep that in mind. But it's nothing that would really, you know, make a whole lot of difference in terms of fantasy uh, because the winds aren't that crazy. I think it's only 10 to 15 miles per hour uh, in that game. So, yeah, no, I hear you, man. Um, I think, you know, the week before, you know, the Ravens offense in terms of the running game against the Steelers was they were really efficient. You know, right. and the week before that, Atlanta was pretty efficient against them too. So, you know, I think it just so happened that, you know, the the Steelers just were, were like, you know, against the Panthers, they know what their identity is. And mm-hmm. they just basically was like, yo, we're not letting you run the ball. We're going to make Sam Darnold beat us. Right. Uh, and they didn't. Um, that's kind of how I see it. Now, one of the other reasons why I would normally have Austin Eckler at ahead of Josh Jacobs, and I would have had him this week, and I did have him over uh, Josh Jacobs this week, but Eckler did have a shoulder injury uh, in that game this past week, and he got tested on that yesterday. It came back negative. He's all good, but 
it could be bothering him a little bit. And it's possible that Josh Kelly sees a little bit more work in that backfield with Eckler not playing as many snaps as he does, maybe around 50%. He's still going to get a ton of work. That's why I still have him at number four here. Uh, But if I had to choose between these two guys, that's the reason why I'm going Josh Jacobs. Um, And as far as Tony Pollard goes, uh, you know, I think, you know, this is a a matchup. Like Pollard is like, you have to play him every single week because of the ceiling that he provides. Um, And, you know, if Gardner Minshew can't, get that offense going Pollard can potentially get a ton of work and, you know, see, see, you know, it's tough to predict game sugar, but the Cowboys these days, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. like over the last couple of weeks, the Cowboys, you know, have been playing to the level of competition that they've been against. Uh, so this is going to be a good, I think this is going to be a good game regardless of who the quarterback is, um, mm. you know, for the Eagles. And, you know, they're talking about Jalen Hurts might play this and that. I just think that's all gamesmanship. I think he's not going to yeah, play in this he's game, not gonna play. you know, but you know, in order for the Cowboys, to spend resources and time on, you know, what if Jalen Hurts plays? That's the reason why they're they're not going to just rule him out today. That wouldn't make any sense. Right. Um, you want to make your opponent, you know, do as much unnecessary work as possible because uh, there's yeah. only a finite amount of time to prepare. Uh, so yeah, no, I can see that. I I, I I can totally I can totally get behind that. Um, so Ramadre Stevenson at six. I got Saquon at seven. Dalvin Cook at eight. Um, I got Jerick McKinnon. Yeah. At number nine this week. Um, I think he which, belongs up here this week. 100%. There you go. There you go. And, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, coming into last week, you know, there was no way that I was going to play Jarek McKinnon as somebody who, you know, I knew that he was going to get it done. Even though he finishes the RB1 in week yeah. 14, coming into week 15, you know, that was a fluky week for me. Week 14 was a fluky week for me. However, yeah. going into week 15, his route participation went up big time. Not only that, but also he had two straight games of eating into Isaiah Pacheco's workload on the ground even more, right? Not right. the fact that he produced on the ground, but the fact that his running back rushing share went up to 40% and Pacheco fumbled in that game. So M- McKinnon is looking like the preferred option in this backfield at this point, complete flip-flop right now. Pacheco, I still have him, I think, in the top 20, something like that. Uh, right. But McKinnon, somebody that is literally – like he's a must start. Like I have to have him in my lineup this week, especially in such a good matchup against the Seahawks. Yeah, this is going to be, I think, another big game for McKinnon. He might not be the RB one. I still think that there's a level of flukiness to this performance. You know, two straight thirty point weeks. You can't really expect that of anybody, except maybe you know no. the top guys like Christian McCaffrey and receivers like Devonta Adams. But Jarek McKinnon has been getting a receiver's workload at the running back position, and like you said, plus the running back workload, part of the running back workload in the Chiefs backfield that Isaiah Pacheco had a grip on, you know, a couple weeks ago. So he's coming on in both phases. It looks like Patrick Mahomes trusts him and he's showing, you know, that he's one of the good pass catching running backs in in the league. And we knew that going into it, but we hadn't seen this type of workload. He's taking full advantage of it. So I like Jerick McKinnon in this matchup. I think it's going to be a shootout against Seattle. Um, It it could, they could, this could be a really good game. Maybe I don't want to say game of the year, but in terms of scoring, there could be a whole lot because both of these defenses allow some points. And Seattle's fighting for its life, you know, in the playoffs against the Chiefs. I love the opportunity for Jarek McKinnon this week. I, I don't think I'd be surprised if he settled into the top five, six again this week, um, the way he's been playing. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Um, you know, and, and you know, Ramondre does have a tough matchup against Cincinnati, uh, but right. it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I think he's going to get a full <laughs> workout this week. For, he, yeah, he's going to be limited in practice all week, probably because of that ankle injury. Um, right. But that's good. 
<laughs> you want him to get ready for that game and not have to overwork during practice this week. Um, yeah. So so don't worry about him not practicing uh, in full this week. And, you know, Saquon, you know, he looked really good last week uh, and has a matchup against Minnesota where they've been giving up a ton of fantasy points to running backs. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, he might not get it done and be efficient in the pass in the running game because Minnesota has been pretty good on a yards per carry basis. But... Uh, they've just been giving up points because a lot of te- a lot of these running backs are getting close to the goal line and punching it in uh, in right. both the running game and the passing game. I, I, just one thing before you know, I, I think maybe I might put Dalvin Cook over Saquon Barkley, and I don't want to like overreact too much to the matchup. But the last time we saw saw the Giants play against a really good team like the Eagles, um, they got blown out, and Saquon, you know, he didn't have to do a whole lot. The game script wasn't favoring him, so I'm not sure if I like his upside over Dalvin Cook this week, especially if the Vikings would go up. I think Dalvin Cook, the game script, could lean into him getting some more carries towards the end of the game. And I, I kind of like Dalvin Cook a little bit more this week just because of that. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that one. I, I just, my only, my thing with Dalvin Cook, man, he's just not as involved in the passing game. Like, I know he had 95 receiving yards on that big, you know, he had that big play last week. Yeah. But just not as involved in the passing game. That's my only thing. I think Saquon has a higher floor than him. You know, uh, but Dalvin Cook, you know, I, I agree. Uh, the ceiling for Dalvin Cook is definitely higher every single week. Yeah. Um, and, and just because the yes. offense is on. Yeah. Yeah. And if he gets the workload, if he gets like 20 carries in this game, I can, I can complete, I, I would guess that Dalvin cook will outrush Saquon this week, yeah. like in terms of rushing yards for sure. Right. Um, the thing about Dalvin cook is we've seen him get those 20 carries and put up like nine points <laughs> you know, where he doesn't, like I you know. said, that receiving workload doesn't come through, but I, I think I trust Dalvin cook in this matchup this week against the giants. Um, it should be a good game. I think the, the Vikings can pull away probably. I can see that. Uh, and then Nick Chubb, uh, they're also at home, too, uh, in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb uh, against New Orleans. New Orleans has been letting up to running backs lately, dude. Like, yeah. they've been giving up what? Like, uh, they've been they've been bad. Um, fourth most <laughs> fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks. Um, and, like again, we talked about this Cleveland matchup. Very windy. Just na- a nasty game. Um, so, Nick Chubb could potentially get a, a big workload and do his thing in this game. I think they're going to depend more on the run game this week uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, and we talked about this at the beginning of the show. You know, you talked about the weather. It's definitely going to be a running type of day, you know, in this matchup. I think Nick Chubb, he has been pretty quiet the last few weeks, but I think they can get done. He had 100 yards, though, last week. So that was kind of encouraging against a, a pretty good Ravens defense. They, they've been coming on um, towards the end of the season. You know, they've been, I think, overperforming for the talent that they have. But Nick Chubb, he should be able to get it done. This is where he's kind of been all season. We had him ranked a lot higher earlier when he was doing his thing with Jacoby Brissett in the center. The entire offense for Cleveland has kind of come down to earth with Deshaun Watson. Um, so I think having him here, here at 10 makes sense, um, especially he, with the he weather, just, the way it is. Yeah, he just hasn't been scoring. You know, that's three straight weeks of him, you know, without scoring a touchdown. But the, right. before that, you know, he had more touchdown than games played. Uh, so <laughs> those, those touchdowns yeah. are going to be coming back in his favor. I think he ends up, you know, punching one in this week. Uh, Aaron Jones in Miami. I like him this week. You know, him and AJ Dillon have been getting it done. Um, I think AJ Dillon's production has been a little bit fluky. He played less than 40% of snaps this past week, and he ended up getting some, some work in inside the 10 yard line and he ended up scoring. Um, Mm. but Aaron Jones is still the guy, um, Zeke against Philly. You know, he's been getting it done every single week. He can't stop scoring. Um, you know, he has that li- literally has that nose for the end zone. So he's yeah. going to just just keep starting him. I was I was tempted to put him in my top 10, but I was like, listen, man, I can't 
I can't do it. The only reason why is because he doesn't have the same type of ceiling as a lot of these other guys do, like Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. Um, so that's the reason why I have him here at 12. He doesn't have the workload either. And although he does get, you know, a lot of carries, like Tony Pollard's getting the receiving work in Dallas for the most part. And Zeke, you know, I think he's hit like 14 or 15 carries, you know, the past few weeks. And having a touchdown every week on just 14 or 15 carries, I'd say that's just a little bit of overproduction. I think there's a chance we could see that kind of come back down to earth. I think against Philly, he will get in the end zone. He's historically been pretty good against Philly. Um, He eats pretty well. But I, I think having him here at 12 makes sense just because of that touchdown upside. And like I've called him, He's a new age Jamal Williams. Like that touchdown nose that you talk about has shifted from Detroit to Dallas. And it's with Zeke, you know, the veteran kind of taking those touches from the younger guy in Pollard. Um, it, it makes sense. But um, I, I think, you know, both of these Cowboys running backs are really good starts. And Zeke should be able to continue to get it done. I'm surprised we still have him here. I wouldn't have expected a couple of weeks ago to see that Zeke is still hanging around in the top 12. Yeah, are you kidding me? Like, I was so low on Zeke coming into the year. There's no way I would have thought I would have him anywhere near the top 12. Right. Um, I think, what were we ranking him? Like, RB 25, 26, something like that? And that was something like that. That was without Pollard, you know, being a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we knew that Pollard was going to become a. Uh, I, I think we had Zeke ranked above Pollard or, or maybe yeah. right around him before the season that, started. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, but we have Kenneth Walker here at 13 against Kansas City. Uh, there's definitely going to be some clarity here because Kenneth Walker is going to play. Uh, he played last Thursday night. He has some extra, He's going to have some extra rest uh, against Kansas City. So, you know, I think he's back up to that, you know, near, you know, elite type of player where you're going to have to start him uh, against Kansas right. City. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. So Kenneth Walker can definitely get in on that. You know, Casey, you know, a little bit tough against running backs in terms of yards per carry. Uh, but, you know, it, if there's going to be scoring, if they're going to be moving the ball, you know, Kenneth Walker, another guy, knows for the end zone. Uh, he's somebody that it's very hard to bench. He was easy, you know, to bench last week if you had other options. But I think this week in a game that we think that should have a lot of scoring, he'll be fine. He did still play a 75% of snaps last week, and he was a little bit more involved in the pass game too. That could be the case again, you know, this week, especially with Tyler Lockett out. Yeah, that definitely could be the case. You know, you talk about that receiving workload. It could be something that we see more, like you said, with Tyler Lockett out. But the other thing that I'm looking at is, you know, we say he has a nose for the end zone, but he hasn't scored a touchdown the past two weeks. And before that, he had scored, let's see, six, seven, eight, nine, nine touchdowns over the last six games that he played before these last two weeks. So touchdown regression should be coming, I think, especially against the Chiefs defense. They're not fantastic you know uh they're not a bad matchup they're not a fantastic matchup either they're right in the middle of the pack you talk about the yards per carry but i think that the way that this game is going to go um kenneth walker should be in line for at least a score whether it's going to be through the air or the ground uh, i think he's gonna have a solid day uh i got james connor at 14 against tampa bay uh he's simply been getting it done lately my yep. only concern this week is is trace mcsorley going to be able uh to move the ball uh, that's my only concern here. However, you know, I think he's still going to be depending on Connor in the in the passing game. So I think Connor has a solid floor, you know, 10 to 15 point PPR floor. Uh, and he has room for a little bit of upside if he ends up scoring. You know, on that last drive where Connor ended up scoring last week, McSorley did lead that drive, uh, you know, and I think it was like six for seven, you know, and and was able to kind of lead them down the field. But, you know, obviously later in that game, I yeah. think James Connor's going to be fine um, this week. I just don't think he has enough uh you know, I don't think he's either as dependable this particular week only because of the quarterback uh, downgrade. Yeah, and even if the quarterback situation wasn't as bad as it was, I'm not sure how much higher I would be ranking James Conner. Like, would you put him inside the top ten? Like, I, I don't. Know I would put him would above. I would put him above Zeke. 
if if um you know if uh, what's his name who was their other quarterback again was it Colt McCoy? Yeah, Colt McCoy. Yeah. If Colt McCoy was a quarterback, I would probably have him above Walker, above Zeke, just because uh, I think his his workload is that much more secure. Um, and he has like nearly as much of a nose for the end zone as Zeke does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I would have him as a low-end uh, RB2 this week yeah. if the quarterback situation was a little different. The thing with James Conner, though, you're right. You know, I am concerned about the offense being able to move the ball. If the defense doesn't have to respect the passing game, you know, they're just going to be able to load the box against James Conner. It could be tough sledding for him as far as, you know, an efficiency standpoint goes. Maybe they get down to the red zone and, you know, he punches a touchdown. I think you're going to be depending on a touchdown this week. But like you said, the receiving work with Trace McSorley, a quarterback, assuming that's the case, he might be dumping it off to James Conner a couple of times this game. That should be enough to buoy him, like you said, with that 10-point floor. I don't think you have to worry about him in this matchup. And we actually liked him, I think, last week, too. Because yeah. he's just been getting that workload that we like to see, that we expected to see all season. The the good thing about it is that I'm not as worried about um you know them like stacking the box or anything because like they you still got a Hopkins to worry about, you still got a Hollywood to worry about. So like they can't. I don't think they'll be able to do that. I know it's, it's still Trace McSorley, but yeah. you got to defend those guys uh, because they can as you know they can really you know put up some big plays. So that's 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 what James Conner has going for him at least. Um, yeah. Alvin Kamara, you know, I have met 15. It was disappointing to see James uh, David David Johnson. I was going to say David Robinson. Wow. <laughs> um, David Johnson, um, you know, running, you know, another one more route over the over Alvin Kamara last week, which is weird. Uh, but it is what it is. They, they just want to have a committee there uh, in New Orleans. Uh, but this week against Cleveland, terrible weather. They might depend on the running game a little bit more. Uh, and, you know, I can see Alvin Kamara getting 20 plus carries in this game. And do you think this is solely a weather ranking? I mean, the way he's been playing has not been good. You know, the workload hasn't been there. No. You think this uh, is- yeah, I would say so. I would probably have Joe Mixon ranked above him. And, you know, maybe David Montgomery. You know, I have I have them at 16 and 17. Montgomery, you know, I, I, the reason why I have Montgomery ranked this low is because of the fact that Khalil Herbert is probably back this week. Yeah, that's true. Um, we had him ranked lower. Did we not have David Montgomery ranked lower than 17 last week? I, I, um, I don't. My sure. memory might be completely clouded, but probably I remember because like we had because I liked I liked ETN more. I had Miles Sanders up there. Uh, we had Pacheco higher. I had ranked above him, and it's really mm-hmm. because of the matchups. And you know, it was just a different situation last week. Right. Yeah. But Alvin Kamara, I want to say I trust him here. I think this might be ranking him at his ceiling. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game, and the weather won't be you know really conducive. And if they keep using David Johnson, you know, and Alvin Kamara is going to get his snaps cut. I'm not sure I like that as much to put him right behind James Conner, who's probably going to have a massive workload. You know, I mean, I know Joe Mixon had his work cut out a little bit too by Samaja Piran, but I, I kind of like Joe Mixon more. You know, the way that these offenses have been playing, and Alvin Kamara just hasn't looked like himself in the cold. I wonder if that's going to change. We've seen Alvin Kamara do his thing on Christmas weekend before. That was two years ago um, with a much different offense. So I think that maybe I'd be leaning Joe Mixon over Alvin Kamara, even though the weather. Um, does kind of suggest run run heavy this week. Yeah, it's just a good matchup for Alvin Kamara. You know what I mean? Like Cleveland has been absolutely terrible defending running backs. Um, so that's why I have Alvin Kamara at 15. And I, th- I think I'm going to stick with that. And, you know, Joe Mixon, you know, not a good matchup against New England in New England. On top of that, Samaji P. Rain is cutting way too much into his workload. Uh, so I don't trust Joe Mixon at all this week. Um, I'm still starting him as a solid RB2. But, you know, I, I, I think I, if I had to guess, I would say that Alvin Kamara probably has like, you know, a good handful more touches uh, than Joe Mixon in this game. All right. That makes sense. 
We'll see. David Montgomery, you know, I would I would probably have David Montgomery over Kamara this week, you know, if Khalil Herbert wasn't coming back this week. That, that's my yeah. only thing with him. However, I still think he has a solid floor. You know, in this game, you know, in Chicago, it's going to be a bad weather game. David Montgomery, uh, David Montgomery can still get some volume. And on top of that, I think he's good for like a good amount of targets in this game. He has no weapons right now. Claypool's banged up. Mooney's out, obviously. So Justin Fields is going to look for somebody. And in a bad weather game, he might be checking it down a lot, right? To yeah. give Montgomery, uh, especially if it's windy. And it is windy in that game. So I think Montgomery will be fine this week against Buffalo. Not a matchup that I'm necessarily super, you know, scared of or anything. We saw, you know, Raheem Mostert this past week do his thing um, yeah. against against Buffalo. Yeah, I'm not worried about David Montgomery either. And you're right. He's like the only weapon really in this offense right now outside of maybe Cole Komet, but he had a quiet day last week, and we're not sure what kind of contributor he's going to be on a week-to-week basis. I, I like David Montgomery in this matchup, even though Khalil Herbert is coming back. Um, Justin Fields is obviously looking you know, to get the ball to somebody who can do something with the ball. And Dave Montgomery's, like we said, really the only guy that can do that. He did have that receiving touchdown last week, and that was against a, that was a pretty tough matchup against the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles aren't you know, fantastic against the run. They haven't been the past couple of weeks, but I, I think that Dave Montgomery, even against Buffalo, it's the same, almost the same situation. You know, it's, it's probably going to be cold. Uh, Dave Montgomery should have a nice enough workload that he has that solid floor, like we said. And with Khalil Herbert playing, that's kind of what we had. This is kind of where we had him, you know, when Khalil Herbert was playing earlier in the season. Um, just a solid floor play. The upside isn't necessarily the same with Khalil Herbert playing, but he's definitely startable. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.